0: Hello and welcome to the Femme on Creatives. I am your host today, Ada, and I'm here with Eden, author of Becoming Shameless. Hi, Eden, would you like to tell us a bit about yourself?
1: Hi. um, First of all, thank you for having me on. Um, Yeah, so I am a body positive personal trainer based in San Francisco. And uh, I'm also an out and proud lesbian. Um, I'm a survivor of childhood abuse um, and so that's essentially what my book is about um, i've just kind of you know i think um anyone who's survived an abusive relationship whether that's been you know a peer relationship or a family relationship um, you know there's shame that goes along with that there's a lot of a lot of learning a lot of healing all that all that stuff um, and for me, also, you know, my, my healing journey um, and, and that process of kind of building self love from scratch is also very tied in with my queer journey. And uh, realizing at the age of 27, oh, I'm a lesbian, That's that explains so many things. Um, and so, my book, Becoming Shameless, is an exploration of those experiences and, and of that learning and, and healing journey.
0: Would you like to start by giving us a little taste of the book before we dive into talking about it, Eden?
1: Sure. Um. So this uh, excerpt is it's it's later on in the book, um, and uh, I've I've already talked a little bit, uh, in the book about how I'm a big fan of Pink, um, and a lot of her music has helped me through a lot of the the struggles, um, uh, and the and the growing pains of that that I've gone through. So. Uh, This is chapter 26. Uh, It's spring of 2018, and I'm going to see Pink perform on her beautiful trauma tour. Mm -hmm. I got another pit ticket, and this time, I'm writing a letter to give to her. In it, I thank her for all the ways her music has brought me comfort and peace. I thank her for being so honest, raw, funny, and for helping me be myself. I thank her for helping me feel more comfortable in my own skin and in my own queerness. My heart is full of gratitude, and I struggle to put it all into words, but I think she'll get the gist. I roll the letter up like a scroll, tying it with a rainbow print ribbon. At the show, during a rare quiet moment in between songs, I get her attention and hand her my letter. She takes it, shakes my hand, looks me in the eyes and says, thank you. You're beautiful. Those words become my second tattoo. Mm -hmm. I (laughs) I want to delve a bit deeper into the topic of beauty and how I'd like to expand the definition. I've noticed some characteristics are commonly seen as beautiful among the sapphic community. I'm using the term sapphic in order to be inclusive of all women and non-binary people who are attracted to other women and non-binary individuals. So this includes lesbians, bisexuals, pansexuals, etc. On the sapphic internet, beauty is reclaimed. It becomes a celebration of the elements and interests that we as women have been taught to be ashamed of. Beauty Mm -hmm. becomes highly personalized. Earrings that are too cutesy with an outfit that is too matchy in a room full of Pink fluffy adornments and sparkling rhinestones represent a celebration of the girliness we've been shamed for expressing. A woman hunched over a pottery wheel, clay chunks in her hair, and slick mud sliding down her hands is a celebration of playing with dirt and making art. Mm -hmm. Jillian Holtzman, wearing rain boots and a jumpsuit while holding a blowtorch, is celebrating her love for science and welding. Any woman who fully commits to an act or aesthetic out of pure love for it is beautiful, The woman herself doesn't have to be queer. Her orientation doesn't matter. Women unapologetically doing and wearing what they love is a type of beauty that is distinctly celebrated and appreciated in sapphic circles. Through the sapphic lens, beauty is no longer in the eye of the beholder, but in the doer herself. This is why, to me, a pink concert is an epic two hour long display of beauty performing acrobatic choreography while belting out emotionally charged lyrics after people criticize her for being too muscular, too opinionated, too loud, too intense. That is gorgeous. Sapphic beauty is honest, joyful, and completely unapologetic. The body language of sapphic beauty is open, grounded. It takes up space. Conventional beauty asks the female body to contort and hide. Show only these parts, but not too much. Be lustful, but control yourself. Clothes are determined by fashion trends and business decisions, not the model's personal taste. But sapphic beauty invites the model to get comfortable, have a snack, show us how she's feeling. Conventional beauty tries to fit all women into the same preset narrative while sapphic beauty invites us to tell our own stories. Mm. That's powerful. And I noticed that pink is
0: is right on that wall right behind you, uh, cheering you on.
1: (laughs) Yes, I am nothing if not a fan girl. I, I fan girl hard.
0: <laughs> as you should, as you should. So in the novel, you talk about your mom's, uh, one, one of the things that you talk about is your mom pushing you into a career, writing novels, writing fiction, it, when you're at the beginning of your writing journey, starting out as a poet. So I'm really curious about the catharsis of publishing a memoir. Why this genre? Why now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've always loved memoirs, um, from, I, I think I discovered the genre when I was like 12, 11 or 12. And like that, I just completely switched off from fiction and just devoured memoirs. Um, because, you know, the ones that I came across were stories of pain and, and confusion and, and, and that was what was relatable to, be, to me at the time. But, you know, in addition to the struggle that these writers are going through and documenting, um, there's this hopefulness. I, I think that every memoir has an intrinsic hopefulness to it um, because, you know, why else would, would you tell your story, you know? Um, and so I think, I think every memoir is sort of a, it's like a calling out. Um, of like, I've gone through this, Any anyone else, you know? Um, does anyone else relate to this? Does anyone else have like guidance? Does anyone else, like, is anyone else out there, you know? And so being able to, to read these stories, um, you know, before I was kind of allowing myself to recognize the suffering that I was going through, on an emotional level, I was relating to these stories. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I, and I was relating to, you know, the, the hopefulness and the, the yearning and the, the desire to connect, um, and, and, and all of that, um, that is, is very present in, in a memoir. Um, so I've always loved memoirs, um, and you know but i i had <laughs> i had a, a complicated relationship with writing um i did really genuinely enjoy writing poetry um but my mom was insistent that poets don't make money uh and whatever whatever my career was going to be i needed to start it immediately at age 12 <laughs> 13 14 15 16 17 18 19 20 um and you know and and, and so there was a tremendous amount of pressure to you not just like choose to focus but dedicate every living breathing moment of my life to this you know um and I never had an interest in writing fiction um you know spare for like right after I came out I, I wrote some very very fluffy gay fan fiction but that was uh that was that was late that can Right a passage on. exactly um all of us all of us queers um but so, yeah, prior to that, you know, never I, I would just like sit down and, and I'd have a journal in front of me and I would have nothing, you know, because for me, when I did write poetry, it was it was always a catharsis. It was always like trying to wrangle my own thoughts and trying to understand something and trying to kind of, you know, I, I, I would just feel these intense emotions and I would I was trying to like sort through them and name them and like understand them um, and and have this sort of open dialogue with them and poetry was a way for me to do that. Mm. Um and so it wasn't it wasn't like a like, oh I want to write poetry because it's fun. You know, it was just it was it was a cathartic process. And so I couldn't I couldn't just write. Like I you know what I mean? Like I can just sit down and be like, I'm gonna read poetry today. I have to like have this emotional motivation. Um, so there was, there was a lot of contention around that, you know, between me and, and my mom um, re- regarding that, uh, where, you know, that, that was, those were some of the times that she called me lazy and, and, um, you know, wasting her time and and all of these things that she accused me of as I was growing up. Um, but yeah, in terms of now, it is, it is a little bit funny to me. Um, you know, there's, I can see the humor in it, you know, that, um, for years she was like convinced that I was going to be a writer and that I was going to write a book. And I was like, I don't, I have no ideas. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I can't, I got nothing. Um, and then, you know, years well, how later could you at 12, yeah, right. Exactly. Um, and you know, and so then years later, I'm like, Oh, I actually, I, I do have a story. Um, you know, and the fact that, the fact that her abusing me to try to get me to write my book is what I ended up writing my book about I there's a dark humor in there for sure
0: it's a little ironic yeah Um, definitely. so what um for this particular project, for this book, how did it evolve from that glimmer of inspiration or knowing that you wanted to tell the story? I, I know in the book, you talk about Wasted and the glasses at the glass castle being some of your favorite books, both great memoirs. Um, so how did this particular project evolve from a glimmer of inspiration to what you've, what you've put out into the world now? To what it is self-published?
1: Yeah, so yeah, I mean basically um, I had, um, I had joined this like queer discord that was associated with this queer podcast and so I volunteered to be interviewed on that podcast just about my experience coming out later in life, um, you know, because ever since I realized I was queer, I was like, oh, I'm not the only one and I, I can help normalize this. Like I can help other people feel validated and, and seen and understood um, in, in their queer journey and, and especially late in life queer journey. So um, I had this really amazing conversation with the podcast host. Um, and then it was like during, within that same month, like I had that interview and then I read um, Jeanette McCurdy's, I'm glad my mom died. <laughs> um, And so like that, those two experiences are just swirling around in my brain and it like, I just like, as I was reading Jeanette's memoir, I was like, man, I, I, I got some stories of my own. Like, this is, this is, this is wild. And also I relate to a lot of this and, you know, I also have stories and it just like, it was, you know, it's one of those things where it just like, it, it kept, it kept like, it kept like, bothering like bother me in a good way you know what I mean Mm -hmm. it kept like write it down write it down you you, like you can do this you can you know so I just started to like I just started to 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 write it down and um in five days I got 25,000 words written uh and that was basically the first draft of the book um and and then and I was like okay well now I have this thing um (laughs) so let me all right what's the next step you know let's uh let's let's find an editor let's get some beta readers let's like you know and i just started just just went with that you know <laughs> so
0: how long how long ago was that what's the timeline of your of your process from that initial 5 day outpouring yeah, that
1: was like september like it's pretty recent okay. it was like i think it was like the end of september um i think most of the writing got done in like october yeah, most of the writing got actun- done in October, did a little bit November, um, you know, no- basically November was when I spent a lot of time getting beta readers, reaching out to people, doing a lot of like the the kind of like uh, outreach, that's the word I was looking for, doing a lot of outreach uh um, November, December, and then more editing happening in December and January and, you know little little by little coming together, ordering different proofs, fixing things, finding finding errors and you know, all that. So yeah.
0: And here we are. Yeah, um, here we are. In February of 2023 with a book. Yes. Um I'm curious as a creator, publisher, artist, I'm curious about self-publishing. Why why self-publishing and how has that particular, how has the publishing process evolved and and been for you?
1: Yeah. So at first, um, so my book is short. It is like, oh gosh, like 100, 120 pages, basically. Um, And, you know, I remember when I was kind of looking up the, I was Googling a lot of stuff about writing books and you know and publishers want 40,000 words um and I was like okay I, got, I think I got 25,000 I think I you know I filled in more you know and then I got to like basically 30,000 I was like this is what I want to say like I've I've said it. this is like you know um obviously I did more editing after that but like I was like this this is it I'm at 30,000 this is it for me um mm. and so you know, so I did, I, I applied to a few publishing houses, um, but I either didn't hear back or got, got a lot of no's. And at that point I'd already decided, I was like, even if this, like, I, I just want to put this out in the world, man. Like I just, I just want to do this. So if they say no, I'm still self publish Why not? You know? Um, and so, so yeah, so with every no, I was like, all right, I guess I'm self-publishing this thing. Um, and so then I, you know, again, did some Googling and, and decided to go with like Amazon KDP publishing. Um, you know, I bought the cover image I purchased for like $10. Um, and then I was just editing it like I, in an app on my phone, I like added the, the title and everything. Um, I designed the rest of it. Um, and just kind of, yeah. Um, I also, uh, there was, um, I found someone to kind of also help me a little bit uh with with that as well um and you know that was pretty much it um very very just kind of <laughs> just like all right I guess we're doing this now and then just going going with it
0: <laughs> i love that i love that action orientation um
1: for for so, anyone who's into yeah, for any, yeah i was going to say for for anyone who's into astrology i've been aries rising so that's going to explain a lot like i'm just, <laughs> this is, i'm just like all right I guess we're doing this now let's do it you know and uh yeah, here we um, are there.
0: Wonderful. Okay, so this project, aside from like the final logistics and and promoting it, this project is kind of a wrap for you. So what, um, what's next? Where's the work taking you now that you've written and published this memoir?
1: Yeah, I mean, I just love talking to people about this stuff. I have, I'm so lucky to have been in so many awesome podcasts um, talking about, trauma and healing and queerness and feminism and just all the topics that I just love to talk about. Like, so yeah, I, um, you know, anywhere that this sort of like promote book promotion path takes me, um, I just love talking to people about these topics. Um, I love talking to people about, especially healing. Oh my God, that's like a fascinating topic for me. Um, and so I'm, I'm just, I'm open to anything. I don't have like a, like a clear, like path of like, okay, this, and then this, and then this, and then this, you know, it just kind of like, I'm just saying yes to every opportunity that comes my way. I'm continuing to just like reach out to like different podcasts and be like, Hey, you seem cool. Want to talk about my book, you know, um, and, and talk about like these bigger topics of, of and healing and self-love and struggle and self-acceptance and compassion and, and all those, just all those things I just love to talk about. Um, So, yeah.
0: This seems like a very freeing path given the way that you describe kind of being pushed to commit to a particular type of work and then really do that um, growing up. And I admire the, I admire your leaning into the freedom of, of the possibility of the unknown um, that lies ahead. So, so who and what, as you're, as you're continuing to do this work and suss out opportunities, who and what are inspiring you? What's, Mm. what's pumping you up? What's lighting your fire right now? Or who and what?
1: Mm, Yeah, absolutely. That's a fantastic question um again for me personally not to fangirl too hard but it is who i am um pink's me mu- i've been a fan of pink since 2008 I believe. the misunderstood like album House. came out in 2008 i think is that, is that, no, that album? I'm, pretty sh- I'm pretty sure misunderstood came out earlier i'm pretty sure funhouse came out in 2008 oh. um because that's yeah that's when i was in college so yeah it was around pretty sure 2008 uh funhouse came out that's when i started becoming a, a that's that was the first album of hers I got. And it was instant, instant love. Um, And ever since then, I've just fallen in love with her, her music and her humor and just everything just more and more. Um, And so, you know, she has, uh, her and and her music have been huge sources of comfort, inspiration, guidance, wisdom, Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, for anyone who's dealt with, uh an abusive parent especially to the point where you have to go low contact or no contact there's uh no matter how old you get you never stop meeting your mom or needing your dad and um you know your your parents are in a way kind of supposed to be your like your north star you know they're kind of supposed to be like your you're like uh kind of calling back home you know And when that, when you can't trust that anymore, when that's not safe, um, you feel a little, like everything feels a little off kilter. Um, and so, you know, Pink, she's, she's 10 years older than I am. So she's kind of in this like, um, you know, like older sister sort of, um, kind of role in, 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 in my life in this parasocial, you know, way, uh, where, you know, the, the way she talks about things and, you know, how she, how she talks about her healing and and her struggles in her music and in interviews um, are, you know, kind of, they provide me with a little bit of that sort of North star um, sort of feeling uh, of like kind of reminding me what what's important to me kind of like having me think about, inspiring me to think about my values um, and what really matters in life and, um, you know, and, and kind of providing that, that comfort. Um, And so, so yeah, so her, what she puts out into the world um, has, has just been very comforting and and very inspiring and, and very motivating to me. She's got a, of fantastic workout songs uh great songs to work out to um so that's been you know that is always helpful for my mood um and also when you know when when depression is hitting extra hard um you know she has some songs that are just really heartbreakingly beautiful um and very um comforting in in that way as well so
0: her duet with Steven Tyler comes to mind as you say that. Um, speaking of Pink, I have to know what came of the letter you handed her in 2018? Did she write back? Have you been to other concerts?
1: No, because that was her last tour. Um, so that was, yeah, it was 2018. That was her Beautiful Trauma tour. Um, and so she did come out with an album album. to be human um, but she didn't really like that was during her beautiful trauma tour so there wasn't like a Hurts to be human tour her next tour Trustfall, uh she is going to be coming to san francisco so i've got um i got tickets for both nights so i'm going to see her two nights in a row which i'm that's there's no one else in the world i would do that for but for pink i will um and my plan is to um, write a little thank you note in the inside cover of a copy of my book, try to hand it to her. Uh, we'll see, you know, there's so many, like there's so many factors, who knows if, if it'll work. Um, but yes, my, my goal would be to, to give her uh, a copy of, of my book because, um, you know, as much as obviously my book talks about, you know, the heavy stuff and the, the pain and the suffering, and I'm very honest and open about that. Uh, because I I want to validate others who have gone through the same stuff. I know I'm not the only one. I'm, I, unfortunately, I'm far from the only one who's been through that kind of trauma. Um, and so as much as I, I chronicle that and I talk about that, I also see my book as a love letter to the people who have helped me, um, you know, and that's, that includes my, my, my sort of found family. Um, and, you know, and, and Pink and Kate McKinnon, um, you know, and, and these people who have just inspired me and, and helped me through my journey.
0: Hmm. I love that. Pink, if you're listening, read this book. Um, that's exciting. Uh, I hope that that concert is everything, everything that you're hoping and that, that the book makes its way where it needs to go. So Eden, um, where can people find you on the worldwide web? How can they support your work?
1: Yeah. So, um, my writing Instagram, uh, is just at writing Very simple, very straightforward. Um, if people are interested in working with me as a trainer, that's my day job. Um, my, my personal training website is fangirlfit.com. So those are my, those are my like, those are my my uh, corners of the internet.
0: Brilliant. Um, and Eden, what else? What else do you want to share with the world while we're here today on Femon Creatives? Is there anything else on your mind that you want to you want to talk about or share?
1: Um, I mean, I yeah, I feel like I've pretty much you know covered it. Just um, you know, I'm. I know life feels heavy for a lot of reasons for a lot of people. Um. And just, you know, I, I, I just want to be, I just want to contribute to the chorus of voices that is, uh, that are, that are helping to remind you that you're not alone. Um, and, you know, there's, there's hope, there's healing, there's, um, you know, there, there's always a support system to be found. Um, and... A lot of us who have grown up, you know, in, in less than ideal family dynamics, um, we tend to kind of not trust people and not lean into our support systems, you know, not not do the trust fall. Um, and so, you know, I, I want to. Um, if you relate to that, I as I do, <laughs> I'm saying this out loud to remind myself as well. Um, lean into your support system, uh, and, and let yourself be supported because, uh, because you deserve it and you need it. Even if you think you're doing just fine, you might be doing just fine. You still deserve to be supported.
0: Mm. Mm -hmm. Eden, it's been such a pleasure meeting you and talking with you about your book this evening. Thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, thank you so much.